Hello, and welcome to Working, the show about what people do all day. I'm your host, Shannon Paulus. I'm a writer at Slate, where I cover health and science. This season, we're talking about the world of running, with athletes, coaches, and people who do all manner of things to help others go for a run. This week, we're talking to Monica DeVries. She's the co-owner of a running store in Santa Barbara and the co-founder of the running apparel brand, Rabbit. We'll talk to Monica about why she's always been so obsessed with gear, how to evaluate someone's running gait to match them with the perfect pair of shoes, and why she felt compelled to strike out on her own and design her own running shorts. Like so many clothing issues in this world, it has to do with pockets. What is your name and what do you do? So my name is Monica DeVries and I have a running store that I own with my husband and called Santa Barbara Running. And then I'm also the co-founder of a men's and women's running performance apparel brand named Rabbit. So we're going to start with the running store. How long have you owned that and how did you decide to start a running store? So let's see. I... We've lived in Santa Barbara since 2003, and that's when we opened the store. Both my husband and I, we have both been in this the running industry for a very, very long time. Uh, right out of college, we both started working at local running shops in the towns that we were living in. And then we both ended up going and working for one of the big footwear brands, that people I'm sure heard heard of called Adidas. <laughs> um, and we both met through there in one of the running meccas, I think, in the world, Boulder, Colorado. So that's where we met. And at the time, I was a running sales rep for the Rocky Mountain region. And my husband was managing, um, there's a, a chain of running stores called Runner's Roost in the Colorado area. And we met through that, and then we both ended up moving to Portland, Oregon, where the Adidas U.S. headquarters was located. Um, and then, you know, after some time there, there was an opportunity that um, was presented to me to move to Santa Barbara for work. And what kind of sealed the deal was there was not a running specialty store in this incredible active community. Um, so how could you pass up the beach? the mountains, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of how we made the, the jump to Santa Barbara. So you've worked in selling running apparel in a bunch of capacities. What did you like about it early on that made you stick with it? My freshman year in high school, I started running cross country to stay in shape for basketball and soccer. And I found out that I was actually pretty good at long distance running. Um, but also at that time, I really got into gear, you know, just as a consumer. And I always wanted to have, you know, the latest and greatest running shoe, the coolest track spike, whatever, you know, new cool running gear that was on the market, I had to have it. Um, so that kind of just, I guess, was always just sort of a part of who I was. <laughs> and then after college, I did the corporate thing. But also, I worked at a running store on the weekends, just to like, just engage with the community and I was really intrigued with the process of design, you know, and like how how there is this consumer need um, and then just how like it ends like this idea becomes a product based on a, off of a consumer need, I guess. And that really like just sort of throughout my entire career, like I'm just really intrigued with that process of 
building product and building meaningful product that performs and works well and like giving the consumer, I guess, what they want. So you started the running store in 2003. What is the process of like selecting what kind of gear you're going to sell to people like? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's been really interesting, you know, just over the last few years, like, obviously, there's been like this trend happening in, you know, the the athleisure world. So, you know, at the running store, you carry all the big name footwear brands, obviously, and then you would always carry the footwear brands apparel. (laughs) And, you know, obviously, I've been on both sides of this. And the reality is the big footwear brands, they focus on footwear first. And then apparel is just from a resource standpoint, it is secondary. But, you know, that's all that would be available to us. So, we would have the footwear brands apparel come into the store and then it would kind of go on the sale rack. <laughs> um, and that was just sort of the cycle we lived in. And then you really started seeing, you know, once Lululemon and Athleta and, you know, this whole athleisure trend really started taking off. A lot of the big footwear brands tried to chase that and they really went away from, you know, what runners are looking for in their apparel in terms of like fabrics and fit is this short going to ride up? Is it going to chafe? Is there going to be too much fabric flapping around? I mean, runners are finicky. And I mean, I think the last thing you want to be dealing with when you're on a run is having uncomfortable apparel. So yeah, I mean, that's in terms of like what, as a running store apparel buyer, that's what we're looking for is we want true cuts. We want things that aren't overcomplicated. They're not over-designed. They're lightweight. They're breathable. You know, they're going to dry quickly. They're not going to have seaming in the wrong place. You don't want to have all of that fuss when you're out on your 20-mile long run training for your marathon. What's the best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day in everyday situations. But if that's not on the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. I've used apps in the past to learn new languages, but when I came across Babbel, I wondered if it could help me refresh my knowledge of a language I once spoke well, but was now a little bit or quite a lot rusty. I have to say, I was impressed. The advanced lessons were really useful tips and idioms that can help with in-depth conversations on topics that I can actually imagine chatting about. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and the tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. What's more, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for working listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for working listeners, at babbel.com slash working. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash working, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash working. Rules and restrictions may apply. You mentioned that you felt like the athleisure trend was sort of leaving runners behind and not really taking their needs into consideration. What is it about athleisure shorts that doesn't work for runners? What 
about a running short or a rabbit short is different and specific to runners. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I don't have like a specific athleisure short in mind and I'm not putting down athleisure. I think as a performance running brand, like it's definitely the cuts and the fabric, you know, and it's those little built in details of for function. Does the pocket fit your nutrition? Um, is your key going to fall out? Is this fabric going to dry really quickly? Is this liner going to ride? You know, is the liner going to support you? Is it going to dry quickly? Um, is it going to chafe? Is it going to rub in the wrong area? I mean, I think it's just the wear testing that goes on is probably just under a different set of circumstances. I don't, you know, I'm not here to put down athleisure. I just think what we're bringing to the table is it's, it's running first. Um, obviously, it has to look good, no doubt. And then it's about what's behind the brand, I guess. What kind of testing and product development did you go through to design like that first pair of rabbit shorts? Um, I was, after I had my second child, I was just helping my husband, you know, full time at the store. And, you know, and I was running, I would say pretty competitively still. And, and we had this women's race team through the running store and Jill Deering, who is Rabbit's other co-founder, was on the team. And she came to me one day just expressing her frustrations as an athlete with what running apparel options were available to her as a competitor. And I was frustrated as a runner, but also as a running store owner <laughs> with the options available. And she said, it would it be crazy if we started a brand? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> it's brilliant. Let's do it. So, I mean, really the birth of the brand started from Jill and I, my husband and this local running community, you know, and we, we validated and mined the feedback of the frustrations that we were having as athletes. And across the board, everyone had the same frustration, so we we started making our first prototypes, and we prototyped, and we prototyped, and we prototyped um, until we were happy with the fit and function of the product. And I couldn't even tell you how many rounds we went through. <laughs> On the, I mean, those first shorts, they were so hard. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we just kept testing until we were 100% happy. How do you go about that first prototype? Because I think a lot of us have had that moment where we're, we're like... I hate all of the options for like whatever piece of clothing, but how do you get from that to like, okay, I have like prototype number one of like my new shorts. What do you do to get there? I mean, I think uh, we were in a pretty good space in terms of how to navigate this whole landscape based on my experience, you know? So with my previous background um, in the industry, I knew how to navigate kind of the, I guess, the product development steps and just through word of mouth, you know, I think the other, like the big thing was in terms of a factory with my previous jobs, I was traveling to Asia a few times a year, um, going over to factories. And I just, I had two little kids at home and that just, the thought of that <laughs> did not interest me at all. So we were fortunate enough. We found a couple factories down in LA just through networking, just through friends that we knew that are in the industry. And we, we were lucky to make those connections and we forged tremendous relationships with those factories and they were on board to help us get going. So they were, you know, obviously 
100% behind our vision to help us get this thing off the ground. So when you're going through those countless prototypes, was there a specific detail or aspect of the short or another piece of clothing that was just really tough to get right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the shorts are still by far the toughest. (laughs) We would get a prototype back and it'd be like, okay, it fits great through the waist, but the hip's too tight. Or when you run, you know, and you're lifting your knee, you're showing too much leg or the split's not long enough or (laughs) the liner is riding up, you know, a little too much. It was just constantly tweaking. Um, And it was always just the littlest things. And you would think, okay, we're going to make that little tweak. And then the next sample, we know we nailed it. And then there would, it would throw something else off. <laughs> yeah. So it was just constant back and forth tinkering. Did you go for a lot of runs personally to test out those prototypes? Oh, yes. I actually did a hundred mile race in one of the shorts. <laughs> those That's usually my test because I pretty much do, I spend most of my time like running ultras these days. And that's always like, one of the big tests before we launch a product. (laughs) We'll have some of us, you know, wear it for a really long race to make sure that we've nailed it. (laughs) I've noticed that a lot of the, I'm looking at your website now, and a lot of the inseams on your shorts seem pretty short. I'm wondering how having a nice, like, short inseam balances with not having a lot of chafing going on. How do you get that ratio correct? Yeah, I think for women, we do have a six-inch inseam, you know, which is pretty long, I would say like the standard longest, you know, within women's shorts, a lot of it has to do with the hip, how loose fitting the hip is, but also the leg opening. And definitely, I mean, it's a great question. It's very, very difficult to nail because there's not one standard, you know, for the circumference of a human's thigh or quad muscle, you know, we've created these standards that you know, are working for us. But yeah, it's definitely, I would say, like one of the harder things to nail. (laughs) So your shorts are in the like $50 to $60 price range. Can you talk a little bit about when, you know, if someone comes to your store and buys a $50 pair of shorts, where does that $50 go to make those shorts? Yeah. I mean, I would say number one, we're definitely like just with premium running shorts, we're definitely like right there, you know, in terms of being competitive in the market. Shorts are, they're, they're very complicated. I mean, uh, number one, they're made in Los Angeles, you know, I think right there alone that, you know, it's the labor's not cheap to make those shorts, number one, but then they are also, they're very technical. I mean, the fabric obviously that goes into it, we're using, you know, as light as weight woven fabrics that we can that dry very quickly. Our liners in the shorts are very thoughtful. We want them obviously to be very comfortable um, and well-designed. The waistbands have, and I'm just talking about like, these are our core shorts for women. You know, the waistbands have a back center pocket with reflective zipper that holds nutrition, keys, credit cards, hotel keys. It also has two front internal waistband pockets that can hold more nutrition, keys, credit card. So, I, you know, there's a lot built into the waistband and just the construction of that alone is um, is labor intensive. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, our trail shorts are definitely on the higher end of the price point because you're getting more technical woven fabric being used. And then just in terms of like all the pockets 
you know, you're, you're getting six and seven pockets on a short. So yeah, I would just say like kind of the more pockets you get, definitely the more labor intensive and expensive. Pockets are definitely nice to have in running shorts. I've, yes. As someone who's done a lot of like sticking things in her sports bra, like I always appreciate <laughs> it. I feel like, gosh, if you say this short can hold your phone, that alone there, like <laughs> that's an important feature to have. Do um, they actually hold phones? Our trail shorts do in the back pocket, the back center zip pocket. Nice. I'm impressed. What has been the most surprising part of owning a running brand? Oh, gosh, by far just the community. I mean, it is just really incredible. Just like the people that you meet, the stories that are told, it really just like will blow your your mind, you know, like what, what running does for people's lives in a positive way and having other people there that understand you, that are there to support you, to listen to you, to go for a run with you. <laughs> I've always grown up being on teams and I think it's really cool to see that, you know, as a working professional mom, <laughs> adult, you can still run and be a part of a team. It must be really fun to have all of your coworkers be runners too. Yes. <laughs> we do a lot of, uh, we call our office the rabbit hole. So we do a lot of lunch rabbit hole runs. <laughs> What's the most annoying part of owning your own brand? There's just the to-do list is never, it never gets shorter. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm very I'll admit it, I'm type A, you know, and I love checking the box, you know, on the to-do list. But having your own business, it it's a real challenge to put it to sleep. I have to be really, really mindful and check myself quite a bit. <laughs> um, just, you know, as a mother, a wife, just making sure to take the time to turn it off. I think that for me is like the most challenging part. <laughs> for sure. But I love it too. So that also makes it hard to turn it off. <laughs> What's something that's haunting your to-do list right now that might not be on the to-do list of someone who owns another kind of business? Well, I think we're still, I mean, we've been shipping product. It'll be four years in May, you know, so we're still, I mean, we're still a very small company, you know? So yeah, I'm the co-founder of this brand, but I'm still unpacking box. You know, we fulfill all of our orders direct to consumer and B2B. And, you know, I'll still help open boxes and pack orders. <laughs> I mean, you know, go mail stuff. Um, the next hour, I'll be working on our business plan for the next five years, you know, or closing out the books for 2019. So I think the range of work <laughs> is kind of all the full spectrum, if you will. So if I order something from Rabbit, it's possible that like you actually will be the one to put it in a box and mail yeah, it off to my yes. house. <laughs> yep. And Jill could be the one, if you comment on our Instagram, Jill could be the one to respond. <laughs> Are you hoping to like one day move away from that kind of work? Or is it sort of fun to like actually have your hands on stuff still? I, I mean, I love having my hands and everything. I know that's not sustainable. You know, that's not probably great for the company. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, as we continue to grow, I definitely would never lose sight or appreciation, 
you know, for what it takes to do those jobs and how important they are for the company. And of course, I'll always want to get my hands dirty. But yeah, I mean, I think as we grow this thing, it's probably not in the best interest of the company for me to be packing orders. (laughs) Running is the thing that I do to wind down from work. And so I'm wondering if you have anything else that you do to wind down from work since running like kind of is your job. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I think I've Well, I turned to ultra running. I I mentioned that. So I now I just I spend a lot of time, a lot of time on the trails. And like for me, yes, I'm running, but just like being up in the mountains and just not having anyone around me, I think just having that peace, you know, just calms me. I'm I'm hundred percent the same way, like just to be a better human, mother, wife, (laughs) coworker, I have to to have that release too through running. But yeah, what I've really found is like now for me, just being up on the trails because it's just so serene and beautiful and peaceful. I just like quiet. So anytime I can just get like alone time and quiet, I would say, you know, it's therapy for me and just calming myself and my mind. Do you listen to music while you run? I do sometimes. I listen, I would probably more podcasts. (laughs) I love podcasts. So it's a good time for me to, you know, I guess just like I'm always trying to learn and challenge myself. So yeah, I find that that's a good time to listen to the podcasts. So I want to move over to talk about the running store side of your job a little bit more. What is the most common question or problem that people come into the store with? So a lot of people come in and they will say, I'm not a runner. And um, we always have to reassure them, that's okay. You don't have to be a runner to shop at our store. But then I would say the, it's always foot problems. My feet hurt. My knees hurt. You know, I would say by far number one. So one of the things that I love most about running stores is coming in and saying, I need new shoes and having them watch you walk around or maybe even watch you walk on a treadmill Could you take us through the process of helping someone find a new pair of running shoes? What does that look like? Yeah. So like I said, we definitely like, you know, get the history of what's going on. And then we definitely do a, it's called a gait analysis. You know, so we watch them walk, we watch them run and see if we can identify any issues biomechanically, because what that does is it helps us you know, there is a plethora of shoes in our stock room. <laughs> um, you know, so it helps that sort of eliminates, you know, certain brands or styles. And then we try to ask, you know, in terms of like cushioning or the type of ride they like, you know, do they like a more responsive ride? Do they like more a more soft ride? Do they like a lot of cushioning? Do they like to feel the road more or the trail? So we sort of do all of that analysis and then we will measure their feet. Um, and then, yeah, we just end up bringing out, you know, a few options that we think they'll be happy with. And then it really boils down. Every brand definitely has a different fit and feel. And that really is just personal taste. And that's typically how the final decision is made. You know, it's like when they put the product on their feet, what just feels best for them. One frustration that I have with running shoes is I have my one brand and my one model that I really like, Mizuno Wave Riders. And I've been buying them for like 15 (laughs) years, I think. And they keep updating them. And it's frustrating because I just want to buy one shoe until I die. And Mizuno Wave Rider (laughs) keeps coming out with... Wave Rider 20, Wave Rider 21. 
as a gearhead, why is that necessary? And am I the one who's wrong here? (laughs) That's a great, great question and very consistent feedback with most runners. I will say like 98% of the time, the brand is making improvements. You know, because these brands, the access to innovation that they have and technology, you know, is just constantly changing, right, with anything. So I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're using that knowledge to improve the product. I would say most of our customers, they do want the latest and greatest. You know, they want that next new model and they're excited when it comes out. And I think it's just like anything, you know, even when you do get a fresh new pair of your wave riders, you know, it takes a few runs till they're kind of a little bit more molded to your feet, you know, and you feel... They feel a little broken in. I think it's kind of the same thing when it's a new model. I'm not totally convinced, but I am happy (laughs) to hear that other runners have this complaint as well. Um, How often do you get shiny new products into the store? Is there like a time of year where it's like, all right, all of the new like shiny spring things are coming in? Yeah, I would say like typically February is kind of a lot of the new models will come and then like June or July. But you are starting to see like a lot of the brands will launch like a special limited edition model or something. And like they'll email us a month before and say, hey, you get access to this, give us your order today and we'll ship it in three weeks, which is kind of fun. I think it keeps it fresh and exciting, you know, to offer something new to the customers. When you are at the store, what are your tasks and to-do lists look like there? I am not there very often. Um, My husband really runs the day-to-day and all the buying. Pretty much with the shop, I'm, you know, helping a bit with the marketing and then more of just kind of the back-end operational stuff. I mean, we have a a manager for the store and then with my husband and the staff and with her Abbott, I just, I can't be there every day. (laughs) Is there anything you miss about being more involved with the store? Yeah, I mean, I love, and I guess I get to do it in a different way with Rabbit, like, I guess like at the end of the day, because I think about this a lot, I'm like, God, why do I love this so much aside from gear, you know, but I truly, I just love helping people, you know, I love like helping people solve problems, helping them become better at something they were frustrated with, you know, whether it's finding them a new shoe or a new piece of clothing or helping our staff problem solve Yeah. So I guess like with the store, it's definitely just that you get that instant gratification of problem solving with the customer and then having them leave really happy and feeling good about their fitness journey. For runners who are beginners, are there one or two things that you would really recommend? Okay. If you're going to spend any money, spend your money on this kind of product. Yeah. I mean, I would for sure first say a pair of you need a good pair of shoes that will work for you and to take the time and go to your local running store and have them help you figure that out. For sure, shoes. I definitely think socks. (laughs) I mean, a good pair of socks makes all the difference in the world too. Socks are so underrated. Um, I know. (laughs) My mom always gives me running socks for Christmas and like the $10 socks that are nice and cushy. And I really appreciate that. Yes. 100%. I mean, we try to, you know, make sure with every pair of shoes we sell that the socks, you know, go with that purchase. 
How do you convince someone who has never really spent a lot of money on a pair of socks to buy like a $10 pair of running socks? Oh, we just, you use them for the try on. <laughs> when they're trying on shoes, you have them try them and they're sold immediately. And how do you explain to someone who is just getting started running that they're going to have to buy like a pair of $100 plus running shoes? Because I think when I have friends who say like, oh, I'm getting started running and I have these really old sneakers from gym class that I'm just going to use until I like get on my feet. I'm like, no, you have to go buy running shoes. How do you make that case to people um, as someone who professionally works with gear? I do feel like, honestly, that mindset has already shifted before they come in the store. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like someone like you that tells your friend, they know, you know, that's what differentiates running specialty from the internet or a big sporting goods store is that service and the latest and greatest performance products on the market. All right, let me rephrase that. How do I convince my friends who are insisting on using like their Pumas from high school <laughs> that they need to go to a store like yours? I mean, I, I always also look at it like longevity in terms of like, if you want to keep running throughout your life, it's better now to get the proper gear. Or do you want to start if you want to keep running, you're going to have to end up, you know, paying PT bills. And I mean, just in terms of the expense down the line of like, if you're injured and What's the expense of that versus now getting the proper shoe at 120 bucks or whatever? And then just like how amazing it feels. I mean, I, I guess I just can't imagine like running in crappy running shoes. Like that just doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe can you take them with you to your, to your favorite running store? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I feel like you have to get them to try it. You know what I mean? It's hard, like, until you, like, sink your feet into a good pair of running shoes, it's really hard to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit of it is, like, sometimes new runners have a perception that, like, running is, you know, it's free. You go outside, you do it, it's fine. Or it's, like, you know, you do have to make, like, a little bit of an investment here. For sure. But I do think, like, versus, like, a gym membership, running is pretty inexpensive and just easy. You can do it anywhere, anytime you know, and you don't need a lot to do it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really fun. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me. That's it for this episode and this season of Working. Again, I'm Shannon Paulus. If you liked this episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to email us at workingatslate.com. Working is produced by Justin and Molly. Special thanks to Justin D. Wright for our ad music. Thanks for listening.